What's going on, guys? And welcome to Totally Blitzed Podcast. This is the Fight Club. We talk in UFC 277 and American Airlines, Dallas, Texas, Pena versus Nunez 2, Whit Moreno versus Kai Car France interim title shot on the line as well. Before we get into all that, go down, do us a favor and like this video. Go down to yourself, favor, and subscribe to the channel. But let's get into it. I'm Paul, pick a win in Concha. I'm already a few shots, a couple beers deep, UK beer. And who's with me? You already know it's your boy, Kev. Water boy, Savoy. Nigga, nigga on the motherfucking screen right now, doing everything big and everything. Yes, sir. We got us two today. We're talking the main card of Pena versus Nunes 2. UFC 277, honestly, not going to be the highest selling card. Probably not your favorite card, but there are belts on the line, and it is pay-per-view, so you know we got to talk it. Man, put some respect on my motherfucking UFC 277. I'm watching the prelims for this one, too. Fuck what you heard. Yeah, this is MMA junkies over here. We love a good fight. don't matter what the name is. You could put motherfucking content. Concert versus motherfucking cyborg on that motherfucker. I'm watching that bitch pulling up. I'm pulling up too, apparently. <laughs> but uh, it's, honestly, I think this fight. I don't know. I think they actually lined this this card up pretty well for the main card. But first fight on the main card: Mega Man and Kalia versus Anthony Smith. We got a pair of light heavyweight title contenders: number four versus number five. I mean, this should be a good fight. This is both fighters like to stand and fight. Anthony Smith does have a good ground game, but he doesn't usually go towards it. He usually likes to stand and bang with you and then take you to the ground if he if he gets a knockdown or some sort. So it should be, honestly, a good stand and, uh, stand and bang fight. Uh, that boy Smith is riding a three-fight win streak. Interesting. But, like, I don't know too much about them boys. But all I know is if you've only lost to Rocket, Glover, and John Jones and Thiago Santos, huh? you're not that bad. These are all these are all strong names in a wide-open division. And, like, pretty much whoever you're either going to – whoever wins or loses this fight is going to go to the um, – not either the number – either become the number one contender or go to a number one contender fight because, like, there's not much to do in this division. So, like – I think this fight matters. Like, no matter what goes down, I feel like it's going to be, a, it matters. And I feel like that's going to be what um maybe pushes the stuff. And this might, this might be the fight that, like, surprises everybody and gets a tone started. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I would say, so I love Magomed and Kaliev. 17-1. His one loss to Paul Craig, even though he was winning the fight, got him down. Like, Paul Craig's like um, Oliveira. You knock him down, let him get back up. Because if you go towards the mat, you chase that win, just like Magomed and Kalia chased that win, you will be submitted. And so I don't hold that loss against him. It's a learning experience. Since then, he's riding an eight-fight win streak. He mixes everything well. I wouldn't say he's good on the ground. So, like, that's probably an area where Anthony Smith may be able to get him. But he does show good takedown defense because he loves to stay from the outside. He controls the pace of the fight because he's usually the better striker, and the better striker usually controls the pace on the feet. I respect it. Anthony Smith, though, 
I'm not too sure how I feel about it. I mean, those are not bad losses, but then again, his wins and the three win streak is the Ryan Spann, Devin Clark, Jimmy Crew. Like these are not notable names. So it's kind of like to me, I won't say gatekeeper because I feel like I overuse that word. But if, okay, yeah, but, I mean, he's number five for a reason. And I think Ankaliyev really is that kind of dude who should be top five, even though he don't have the greatest ground game. So I, I kind of like Ankaliyev in this fight. I mean, the odds show he's a minus like four or 500 favorite. So he's the biggest favorite on this card. It's kind of like, does Anthony Smith have that IQ and veteranship about him? Because Ankaliyev is still kind of new. He's kind of beating nothing but trash cans on the way up. <laughs> he did beat Tiago Santos, but Tiago Santos did knock him down in like the second round. And Tiago Santos throws wild shots. He's not the cleanest boxer. So for someone who's great on the stand-up to get caught like that, get knocked down, it is kind of worrisome because Anthony Smith's a vet. He has like 40, 50 fights career-wise, doesn't lose a lot. But you really don't see no takedowns in this fight. I think if Anthony Smith wants to win, especially since he's used to five-round fights, because he's main evented, I want to say the last four or five of his fights will all be main events. So he sees five-round fights often. So I think he's – that's what I'm saying. If Ankalaev is this legit prospect that we think he is, he should be able to con- – control the pace, get the stop the takedowns, and he's definitely gonna win on the feet. But if Anthony Smith, this is that this is that moment where it's like, is Ankalaya for real number top five, or he's just only beating trash cans? Because Anthony Smith is a huge step up since Tiago Santos. Like, Tiago Santos is kind of washed right now. I I think I I don't think there'll be a takedown. I think I think Ankalaya controls the pace. He gets the dub here. He showcases why he's the better fighter. But if Anthony Smith wants to win, it's probably take him down, control him for a few minutes, win a round or two. And, you know, you see that happen all the time, like with the better, like the more veteran fighter. I respect it, man. But so who you got? Hank Goliath. I'm rocking. He's he's minus 500 for a reason, I think. I think this supposed to be a little fight would be a little closer than people think. But Ankle. Anthony Smith beats bad talent, loses the good talent. I think Ankaliyev is good talent. I respect it, man. I like I, – I wanted to take Anthony Smith on this one on some crazy shit, but I like Ankaliyev, a new prospect, and I want to see him go up there and take on, take on another big name, take on another big name after this fight and then get his title fight because this division is wide open for a second. Somebody has to take it over. No, fact, because Glover might get the rematch to Yuri – and maybe Jan has to fight someone else since his last fight. Rocket blew his knee out, so it wasn't really like a real win. So he might fight the winner of this fight. That's fair. That's fair as fuck. On to our next fight. This is this might be fight of the night just because those those little weights they like to throw, they like to bang, they throw fast hands, and they they lose usually look really good. So we have Andre. I mean Alexandre. Pitaho versus Alex Perez, number four versus number six, flyweight. Another little fun fact, Patajo was on the Ultimate Fighter, and Alex Perez was a contender series fighter. So this is – Oh, bro, you understand that, like, I read that, 
in the notes and I was like, what? I didn't see him on Ultimate Fighter this year. And I was like, oh, they were past people. Yeah, and Alex Perez is arguably the best contender series fighter ever because he, he has had a title shot. He's six and one since the Ultimate Fighter. Went, I mean, six and one since Ultimate Fighter. That's a great record. And he gets the fight against Figueroa, gets submitted in the first round. It's understandably that Figgy is the god of war for a reason. And but he's a wrestler that boxes really well. So that's always good. You have you can he does everything pretty well. He's looked good in fights. The only thing that I think is kind of scary is he hasn't fought in two years. 2020 was his last fight, which was against Figueroa. And, and since then, he's had like six fights called off, which is odd. His last fight called off was a pay-per-view fight. I think like 260 something, two, two, I can't remember which, but he was on a pay-per-view card against Matt Snell, who we saw have arguably the best round ever against Subriorda. So that fight gets canceled. You know why? Because Perez comes in two and a half, three pounds overweight. And UFC says that fight can't happen. So, so, like, greatest contender series fighter ever. And he hasn't fought in two years, came in overweight. Is it like, but he has the talent. So, we kind of, it's kind of like in the air. Like, how hungry is since that Figueroa loss? Yeah, he beat, but Pinto really beat Brandon Moreno twice. And, um, in- he beat Brandon Moreno and Ultimate Fighter. And then he, and then they got the rematch when they both were on UFC contracts, beats him. Sends Brandon Marino back to the PFL, and Brandon Marino wins the PFL championship before he comes back to UFC. Because Brandon Marino was out of the UFC after that loss. That's crazy. So yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Pantone sounds like a doll. So like, how you feeling? They have similar similar opponents in Figueroa. They both look pretty good against – I mean, no, no, no. Perez didn't look good. He got submitted in the first round. Pantoja beat – who's co-maining this card, Moreno, twice. He lost against Figueroa, who honestly – he's the only person other than Moreno who I've ever seen stand, stand up with him and look just as good as him. Because they were never fighting. It was equal on defeat. But the God of War is power – fourth and fifth round comes comes to play like that shit carries all five rounds so he got dropped he got beat up in those last couple rounds i don't think perez has the power in his hands to be able to be a real factor in those late rounds i like Pantoja. i think i think it's a little his his career is weird because like what happens he wins this fight and then what he fights the person who lost the co-main event of this fight of this card even though he's beaten former champion and current intern champion twice like i think he's just kind of in that weird position where like i know he's really good but he might be stuck fighting these number six number four number three guys for a little bit so wait oh yeah we're gonna keep going but my question is how the fuck does this shit work motherfucking because are the dudes from are the people from the ultimate fighter not fighting on this own card no, this is a weird – this is, I think, the first, maybe the second, but this is not often where the ultimate fighters, the people fight before the season ends. I think this is honestly the first time ever that Pena versus Nunes, who are the coaches, and usually the coaches is the fight that happens after the ultimate fighter or on the finale card. 
they're fighting now. But I think it's also because they have to set up for 280 and they have to set up for Madison Square Garden's card. And and they wanted these two ladies to be a main event. They didn't want to be a co-main event. So, like, they, they weren't going to main event Abu Dhabi and they weren't going to main event Madison Square Garden. So, we had to throw them in a little early. Okay, so that makes sense. I was, you answered a lot of questions for me. The, the ultimate fighter finale is a fight night card, Tiago Santos, which is coming up. And then uh, we talked to him already twice, but he's on this card. Uh, but but his, uh, his fight night card coming up uh, in August will be the ultimate fighter finale. But what's your pick here? Because I got Pedoja. I think Perez's ring rust will show. He's a great, I think he, I think Pedoja does, does everything Perez does a little bit better. He's a better grappler, and he's he's the only person I've seen that can stand and bang with Figueroa for other than the the person on the co-main event, Moreno, right now. I respect it. I gotta take Panto Pantoja just off the fact that like I'm a firm believer in that you can't get better at something that you don't do. So like everybody we've seen come back so far this year hasn't looked the best. So like gets Alex Perez, we'll see what he looks like. He can probably set some stuff up and get some good shots in. And uh, I, and the other thing is uh, the two people he's beat, Brandon Roval is number five in the division, and he submitted Brandon Roval in, like, the first or second round. And Roval is probably top three in this division in the ground. So for him to get an arm bar submission on arguably the best, arguably one of the best grapplers in this division is, like, Oh shit! And he beat up Moreno. Like he just has this crazy resume where I can't go against him. On to the uh, the big boy. So we went from the littlest division to the biggest division. Derek Lewis versus Sergey Pavlovich, number five versus number eleven. You know it's a pay per view when every fighter on the main card got a number on their name. Derek, Derek Lewis, former intern champ, most KOs in UFC history taking on Sergey Pavlovich, who honestly has looked like a Terminator since coming uh, his whole career. He's been a Terminator, just walking people down and throwing a lot of shots with a lot of power and KOing everybody. I think he has like 12 KOs and 16 fights. Damn, that's a lot. My question is, how many, how many motherfucking knockouts do you have to get to have the most knockouts in U.S. history? I don't have the number in front of me, but I think it's 18. I think he has 18 KOs or six. It's double digits for sure. I know someone, a comment warrior will let me know I'm wrong in the comments, but I know he has the most. And I thought it was just most in heavyweight history, but then I come to find out most in UFC history. So I do put a lot more respect on Derek Lewis's hands than, than what I originally did. Even though I put a lot on his hands prior. It's not like I disrespected his hands. So how do you feel about Derek Lewis's last fight and what that lingers on to the new fight? It kind of scares me because he got knocked out by a fighter that I don't think has any place being the top five fighter in the, in the UFC heavyweight division. He's entertaining. He's entertaining, don't get me wrong, but like skill set-wise, I don't think he really poses a threat to anybody. So for Derek Lewis to get KO'd by two of us, uh, it kind of sh- I'm like, do you have one foot out? You had a lot of injuries. You probably you might think you can't beat Nagano, and you don't think Nagano's losing the belt. 
you lost to Cyril Gaon, got KO'd, and it wasn't even a close fight at all. So, like, you lost to the number two guy in the division. Like, are you at this point where you're okay with just being a name and you're not really taking it too seriously to go on another, like, belt run? Because then I might lean towards Surrey. But if you are the same Derek Lewis that I has main evented almost every card I've ever seen in my lifetime, because that man's been relevant for years now, he, uh, then he might show Sergey, yo, there's levels to this shit. You can, Sergey almost like Deontay Wilder to me. Yeah, his resume looks insane with all these knockouts, but who, who is it against? these people with no names and people that were once upon a time relevant 10 years ago. Now they're 40 something years old and you're, yeah, you should KO them in the first round. You're in your prime and you're a Terminator. Paul, you just, you just mean, man. You just don't let nobody get nothing, man. You gotta earn, they gotta, you gotta earn everything. This motherfucker. No, but this is what makes this fight great because it's like, I don't know where Derek Lewis is at his career. It's just, and I don't know if Sergey is as legit as his resume seems. I like it. I got to take Derek Lewis, though, because I liked how he looked in the tie fight. I felt like he could have, um, he was winning, he was banging. He just moved in that situation. Anybody, it's whoever gets the cleanest shot, and Ty got the first cleanest shot. But then that what scares me, because in that same, if he has that same thought process, I think Sergey gets it because his his numbers like he throws six significant strikes per minute or lands six significant strikes per minute, which is insane for a heavyweight. He has like a six or seven inch inch of reach uh, advantage against Derek Lewis. He has like an eighty one inch reach. He's a big. He's that's why I call him a Terminator. He's just a big. He could play defensive end in the NFL if he was a football player. Like he's a big motherfucker, bro. And his hands are semi trucks. So like if he wants to go to war with Derek Lewis, I. I think he wins that. And only way I see Derek Lewis really winning it is if he uses and what I said against Tai Tuivasa. You want to use your wrestling. You want to be the smarter MMA fighter. You want to be him in MMA. Don't stand and bang with somebody who's eight years younger than you with a lot more KO power, a lot more speed, and a six-inch reach advantage. And for that reason, I'm taking Sergey Pavlovich. That's a beautiful take, man. I fucking I couldn't say anything. That wow, you take it so good. Yeah, that's crazy. I want to say Derek Lewis, but like my gut is not my gut, but just like why am I picking Derek Lewis other than I I think he will use his wrestling. He betrayed me last time and didn't use any of that. I believe it was a hype though, just because I remember watching that press conference because I was one of the first cars I watched, and it was just like. I will, if we're going to stand and bang, then let's stand and bang then. Because they had nothing but respect for each other and they were entertaining and stuff like that. So I really hope that he comes in there and he just becomes, a, he comes in and he's the better MMA fighter. And I got to take Derek Lewis on this one. And I bet. I'm, I, I would bet a shoe on it, but let's wait till tied to Vasa Lewis. And I will say, it's not even, like, I think Derek Lewis could knock him out because if it's like pure boxing, Derek Lewis should win because. He like he knows how to use his head. He's usually at a size disadvantage. He knows how to move his head around, get the reaching over hands against people who are taller against them. So it's not like he's been in this predicament. It's not like he hasn't been in this predicament before. 
So I hope it's I honestly think this could be fire tonight too. Like it's just like these are back-to-back fights where some people who are not MMA fans don't give a fuck. But like honestly, it should set up to be a good, a good night of fighting. But that leads us into the co-main event. Brandon Moreno, number one contender versus Kai Carr of France, the number two flyweight contender. And this is for the interim flyweight belt. Winner gets to see Davison Figueroa. And this is a rematch from early prelims in 2019 at UFC 245, where Moreno got the unanimous decision win over Kai Carr of France. Which we did see Kai Car France win the first round. He had he had nice combos, speed, everything. But come second and third round, Marino's cardio, speed, com- like he just he just outworked him in every sense of the word. And they never hit the mat at any moment in that fight. So it was in Kai Car France's territory of standing and fighting, and we saw Marino win that. But that was. 2019 this is a diff- two different fighters at this point in their career. Let me hear what your take is on this fight. DKB for life. My dog Kai. You gonna make you you gonna make you cry while I get ah. high. <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm low-key looking forward to this fight. Cause like this is why this is not a boring card to me, just because like CKB for life, Derek Lewis, Amanda Nunez, like, I'm going to enjoy this shit. And I just found out about um, Akira, Akira, like, he's a prospect, like, I'm going to enjoy this shit. But when it comes to Kai versus Moreno, I see Moreno was actually on one of the original cards. I got to see him versus um, God of War. That was a dangerous fight, and I got to see, like, damn, these motherfuckers are banging. And he's just that good, like, he's gotten that good. I was shocked to hear that somebody beat him twice and all tough. But Kyle gets better. He's getting better by the day, like consistently. And the, his training, his fucking training room, this man's Adesanya, Balkanovsky. He got some bosses in his motherfucking room with him. And, so and like, he added Peter Yawn to the mix. Yeah, no. Nah, damn, I feel bad. Damn, Sean O'Malley. He was doing so good. Why you got to say yes to that one? But um, I just... I want to go. I want to. I want to talk about talk how good um, Brandon Moreno is, but Kai, that's my dog. CKB for life, and I just want to see him go out there and put on a good performance. So, how could Kai win this fight? So, Kai wins this fight the same way he beats Askar Askarov, who is the number three in the division. He was number one before Kai Car France beat him. Just to put it in retrospect. And Askarov was the honestly the Nurmega Medoff of the division. He had insane grappling that no one had an answer for. Even Brandon Marino, them boys were scrambling for three rounds, and it was a draw. How how even of a contest it was on the ground. And uh, so they never ran that rematch. But like, arguably the best ground fighter in the division, Kai Car France completely destroyed him on the feet won every exchange to the point where the first round, I'm not going to lie, Askarov took his back, was doing his thing. 
But second and third round, because Ashcroft didn't do no damage, didn't do shit with that back triangle. He was just there. So to come second and third round, Kaikar France won every exchange, clipped him on every exchange to the point where Ashcroft didn't even throw anything because he knew if he was to throw something, he would get clipped again. And it got bad. So he just completely shot takedowns from a distance. And he got in, uh, completely defended the takedowns. It made Mega look made Askar Askarov look like uh, he wasn't a top five fighter. So if he does that to Marino, it could be a long night. But Marino got one of the best chins, and he's well rounded to the point where he could beat he could beat anybody on the feet. I feel like or on the ground. Like he goes either way because he's we've seen him have standing being wars with people and win those fights. And we've seen him submit people in the first and second round by taking him to the ground. And like that's things where you can't like Kai Carr France, he doesn't have that ground game to him. He does he is a kickboxer, and that's what worries me is like that's his one way of winning. It's controlling the pace, beating the person who arguably has the best chin in the division, who took his, he's the only person that's ever took the God of War shots to the chin multiple times and multiple rounds. And they kept walking forward. Like he, the way that he's the only person, that's why it was so such of a shocking win for him to beat him because no one has ever survived those shots that he was taking. So this is a close fight though, because they didn't go to the ground the first time. And Marino usually doesn't ever go to the ground unless he feels like he needs to. So this could be another, like, five-round stand. I mean, it wasn't five rounds before, but it, this could be a five-round standing being fight. I, I don't know how to call it, like, honestly. Like, like this is – I don't know what I'm going to see, but I just know this is going to be a good-ass fight. I just know this is going to be a good-ass fight. Let's fucking go, man. Hey, so you're going – if you had to throw the pick, though, what do you want to see, man? God of War, Moreno 3? Four. Or what, that four? Four. Quadrilogy. Or, or, or you want to see another one of my CKD for life members make it to the motherfucking, make it to the top of the mountain. And, I'm taking the death in the eye. I'm taking Brandon Moreno. Got my Mexican flag imaginary around me. But also because... I mean, his well-roundingness is this one-of-one right now from what I see. Like, I think he – Askar Askarov did not look – he's known for not being able to throw good punches and shit. He's not a striker. So, for for him to be overwhelmed on the feet like he was, I'm not surprised. But Marino's going to be able to switch it up. He's going to be able to strike with you, and then when you think of punches coming, shoot a double leg, shoot a single leg. Like, he, the way he can mix it up is, like, he's he's that dude. And I think he he might be a little disrespected at the fact that he doesn't get to get a rematch after winning the belt. Because they didn't give him a rematch clause. He, he lost his belt, and now they're like, hey, you got you to gotta go fight someone else before you can fight for your belt again. That's fucked up. Yeah, and that's why I take. I think he the fact and cardio wise, probably best cardio in the division, best cardio in the UFC. Kai Car France, I've never, I've never seen go five rounds. Like he's never had a five round fight before. So I think Marino having that 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 extra experience always trains for five round fights for at least his past three fights. I think he gets his dub. And I don't think Kai Car France has the Figueroa knockout power like 
Figueroa won that last fight because he got a knockdown late in the fight. The fight was real close prior to that knockdown. I don't think Kai Car France has the same power to to knock Moreno down in those late rounds. Because Moreno's just shown me more in late rounds than probably anybody else has. You know I'm taking my dog Kai Caro France. Amen. AKF. TKB for life, man. I don't know how many times I got to say it. But I'll say it one more time, man. I want to see my dog Kai shine. I feel like the way he wins this fight is definitely in the fourth or fifth round. And he just goes to another gear that he's never been with before. But Moreno's coming through because he wants his fucking belt back. And he's going to read the, There's nobody getting in the way. So it's going to be a great-ass fucking fight. And it just depends on who got that dog in him. Because I, I want I haven't seen a cardio junkie in a while. So I would love to see Moreno fight again. And really just see him just keep stay composed and just keep it on moving for five from a whole five rounds. And, but I just like Kai to just keep coming back and coming and coming and coming. But that shit's going to be crazy, man. I'm looking forward to this fight. This fight sells the card to me. Because a lot of the other fights, you could kind of trip about them. You could kind of slide with them. But at the end of the day, like all those cards, just where they live up past the expectations. But we're not expecting that much expectations for this card. So I feel like this being a co-made event and them them being so like matched well when it comes to mentally and strategically in the, in the octagon, I really like this 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 fight and CKB for life, man. Go Kai. Give me that boy Brian Marino right here. That's gonna be a good ass fight though. We got though this is I didn't know how to judge that fight, and I don't know how to judge this fight. Juliana Pena, champion of the bantamweight division versus Amanda Nunes. I haven't been able to say this for probably over five years. Number one contender, Amanda Nunes. How do you feel? I know you watched the Ultimate Fighter through and through. How do you feel? So, so my thing about this fight is, like, anybody can say whatever the fuck they want about the fight. But at the end of the day, these girls do not like each other even slightly. I really thought I'm. If you watch the Ultimate Fighter, you can see that they only talk to each other when they absolutely motherfucking have to, and it's not more than a sentence and a half. Like, this is a beef. This is gonna be. And a thing about Juliana Pena, she likes this light. She's not gonna give this up for nothing. And Nunez is coming in with a mission, like, yo, you're not not on my level. So I feel like this is gonna start off as a straight up just slobber knot, crazy. Like, this is going to be beef. And, like, if we look back at the first fight, I don't like how Amanda Nunez really looked. Like, there was, like, like there's just certain things that you just be like, that's just not S at all. Like, if she, if I found out she was hurt or there was something going on, like, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not giving – she didn't put that shit in the – she didn't put nothing else in the, for the world for that. So, like, no excuses. But, like, she just gave up her neck. Like, I look at Glover, like, they gave up their neck. She was – I don't think she was winning a fight like that. But, like – did you think she was winning the fight? No, I think she won the first round. It was still the second. It was still so early. Like, if, like it's hard to say who would won that fight because Pena did, in my opinion, she let Nunes work herself out in the first round. And Nunes definitely, I think, won that first round. And in the second round is when Pena started throwing that jab and just 
work, then taking the wrestling clinch and, take, and taking the back. It, you know, it's just like, you let her work herself out. So I don't know who would have won that fight going deep into it because it was so early. That's real, but it's just the mindset that they're both coming into. I think that's going to be the scariest thing because Nunez is coming in to fuck some shit up. They pride for both of them. <laughs> and I feel like they both feel like they could do better than both their performances. I I think the first fight remind, reminds me of or at least comparable to like Buster Douglas versus Mike Tyson, whereas Amanda Nunes was the Mike Tyson of that thing, and she was the GOAT convo. She was top of the world. No one could see that skill set. Leading the race for so long, you don't look back to see who's behind you anymore. And Pena came in, and she was that first real – I won't say she was the better fighter because I think Nunes was the better fighter in BJJ and striking. Like, she has things where she's better, but Pena was the first real hump that we've seen in a long time, the first real resistance that we've seen. Like, how Santos was Shevchenko's first resistance in a long time. Like, you're not used to it. So then afterwards, you don't know how to respond in the second round. You don't know what to do. You've never been in a rear naked choke position in probably five years. So you like you didn't know, like so shit happens. But at the same thing, is Nunes, she's she's been fighting since like 22 or something. She's been a pro for a long time. So maybe now is just the point where we're seeing these other fighters come in with skill sets. We've seen it sometimes where like you might not be the better fighter, but you have ways of winning and you follow that game plan really well because Nunes I'm not gonna lie like cardio has been an issue because you can even see it when she beats people up in the second and third round of fights like she's just throwing haymakers and when she's throwing haymakers she's not looking like the same like she's more tired because she's just outclassing whoever's in front of her where she can just throw 120 percent on every throw because I'm going to beat you. Like, I'm going to knock you. I'm just trying to get you out of here at this point. Dangerous, man. So, I am i haven't seen her in the fourth and fifth round in a while. Like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, Pena, a wrestler, they have cardio for days. And car, and she used that cardio as a weapon in the first fight. She lets you tie yourself out, throw all you want to throw, do control me from the top position and in the clinch, do all that stuff. You're not really putting me in danger because I'm a black belt in BJJ too. Like I, I can control myself on the ground and then use that jab effectively and then took clinch and then took the back and then put Nunez in a position she hasn't been in in probably so long that she just froze up and she got out of there. Dead ass. That's a great fucking take. She probably just genuinely hasn't been there in so long that it just wasn't normal for a second. Yeah, you don't work that position because you don't expect to be in that position, especially with her BJJ background. You don't expect to ever be in a position where you might get submitted because you've been doing that to everybody else. And Peyton's a dog, kid. She really, she really is the definition of just, like, believing in yourself, just knowing that you can do it. She took some hard losses. She's been in the game for a minute. She has a lot of skin in the game. But she just kept fucking fighting. And, and she, she also took a lot of breaks in between. That's why we didn't hear her name a lot. She would have, like, a, a fight a year, which in the UFC isn't, like, normal. It's not like boxing. You can't be doing that. 
that is quite black to the UFC. But the real question is, who you got? See, I, I'm going to take Nunez on this fight because I think she – I'm just hoping because I don't know her mindset. Maybe she has the same mindset of, hey, I'm – because it is also scary of she has a new team around her. She does, She fired all of her American top team people. And not all of them, but she then she left and goes to the Lioness camp. And, like, you see that a lot of times in, like, boxers and fighters after they, they dominate for so long and then take one loss. And then they get rid of the people around them. And then they try to get new people around them. And then the new they don't know you because they haven't been with you for so long. Like, you, you've been on top of the game for so long. Don't let that one loss fuck with you. Nunes, she took that loss and fuck, I'm going to get a new team. Now she's at Lioness camp. I don't know if that's going to play a fact. I don't know what mindset she's coming. Maybe she's still hungry of showing the world, like, hey, I'm double division champ. I'm all this, all that. And that's what I'm going with. She's shown me in her history that she's the better fighter of a lot of people. And maybe she does underestimate Pena. But I will say, if Pena comes out and out-wrestles her again, controls her, and gets the jab effective, because, like, Amanda Nunes didn't respect the jab. She was laughing it off while she was getting hit with it multiple times. If she does that shit again and gets beat again by Pena, I will say maybe she she can beat 98% of the division, but she's over the hump because now she's 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 too full of herself. Like same with Conor McGregor. You just got too full of yourself. You're you're that dude for so long where now the new people are coming in and and I don't know. It's just different. Like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but if she loses again and it's like Pena's fight, I will say, like, damn, she had a great run. You fought for 10 years and you're the GOAT, but I don't think you'll get another title fight after this fight because unless Pena loses. Yeah, I respect it. But she still has her own other title, right? In a division of just her. There's only one person in that division, and it's her. Yeah. It was the division that was made for Chris Cyborg, and then she dismantled Chris. It was one, it's the biggest division. It's like 145. No woman gets that, like, gets into – is that big. So she won that one. And that's why she, this belt means a lot to her, in my opinion, because she has she can't defend the other – honestly, that's a division. If Amanda Nunes doesn't win this fight, that my division might just go away because there's no other fighter in that division, no one to defend it. There's nothing left for it. The only thing it was good for was to say a Nunes is a, a two division champ. Yeah. And, and Chris Cyborg is in like Bellator or something now. Like the only other person that fought in that division is not on the promotion. That's facts. But hey, man, I'm taking my dog Pena, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I was going to pick the opposite of whichever one you did. I was doing for Team Pena, the whole ultimate fighter. I like Nunes. But I just want to see if Pena can do it again, man. She can find a way to win because that's, that's that's the heart of a champion. Her two ways of winning because I do see her win. Like, this isn't a fight because the odds show Nunez as a clear favorite. Like, you know, the odds show – because I might sprinkle something on Pena because I think this is a lot closer fight than what the odds want to tell me. So if you're going to give me, like, a plus 300 underdog on Pena, oh, yeah, give me a little bit of that action. Just because I, the cardio and wrestling, I've seen it with a lot of people. Like five rounds is a lot of rounds, and wrestlers sometimes tend to dominate the fourth and fifth round of fights. Because why? They have cardio for days. <laughs> and, and like 
that's where I see Pena winning this fight using her. Pena shows she's a smarter fighter than people gave her credit for the first fight. And if she repeats the IQ level that she had that first fight with the wrestling and controlling time, and you always got to beat the champion. So that that's always another factor to throw in there. So the odds can say what they want to say, but I think me and you both know this is a lot closer fight. I like it, man. Hey, we're going to see, man. UFC 277? Yep, Dallas, Texas. So, yeah, this is going to be a good one, man. We'll see how this shit goes, man. Paul, you got anything else for the boys? Uh, the only thing I'm going to say is, I'm gonna. We didn't say. I'm gonna ask you. Would you rather see David uh, Figueroa versus Brandon Moreno four, or Figueroa versus Kai Car France? Not even you. Not picking a winner. Just as a normal fan of MMA, does the quad trilogy? Are you tired of it? Or and, and you rather see a new fighter in there like Kai Car France, who's young and hungry, or Hey, feed me that quadrilogy again. Put it in my veins. Um, I would rather see the quadrilogy, but you know, I know I always got a but. I I like the setup. I like you to like as a fan. I like that you kind of like kind of teasing it a little bit. Like you letting the steak marinate first before you cook it. So like, if you went straight to four, which I think would have been fair. Like the whole time I was watching that fight, like wow, you do fighters no one would have complained i wouldn't have been mad but like to see but to see him going against kai and then seeing him kai, kai possibly because is brandon marino the clear favorite in that fight it's not super clear he's minus 200 kai car fans my plus 180 so it it's two to one so it's not like he's super favorite but the odds do show he's the better winner so i'm taking um so like i'd rather i'll take the um possible upset of the dude and then or like if he beat the next best dude not then he goes back for it so i like it i think it's fair but what about um god of war who's he fighting so he i think he hurt himself but he won and so now he just has to defend his belt so they don't really make him fight anybody like uh now it's kind of like who because there are a couple names because it's these two and then same division the fourth fight on the on the main card, Pedajo versus Perez, number four versus number six. They might like he might have to fight one of them eventually in like the next uh the next one after that. So like he's kind of at a point where he's just fighting the people that are gonna give to him. Like he he has to wait for the person to be fed to him. Because everyone thought Marino would get the the, the title to uh like a rematch right afterwards. So when they were like, no, 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 we're going to have an interim belt first. We'll figure out who you're – because then Askar Askarov versus Kai Car France happened. And they're like, whoever wins that will fight Brandon Moreno. So Figueroa's has kind of been waiting in the, the sidelines. Like, well, whoever – I'll fight Avengers – like Nagano. And the, like Tom Aspinall has fought twice since Nagano's last fight. But, like, we just kind of waiting. Like Nagano just has to play the waiting game until like he, he gets told this is who you fight, sign a contract. Here you go. I respect it, but hey man, it's gonna be a doozy. No, this will definitely be a doozy. I would say I would 
fight of the night honors, I would say either goes to Marino and Kai Car France, because I see that being possibly a standing fight for five whole rounds. Or I would say Padajo versus Perez, the other flyweights here. I think they might stand and bang for, for a couple of rounds. Maybe Derek Lewis and Sergey Pavlovich, the heavyweights, stand and bang. I, I think they might get a performance. They might get a performance tonight, but I got to give it to my dog, Kai. My dog, Kai, versus Moreno for, um, for fighter tonight, because I think it's going to be a test of wheels on this one. Because nobody's going to really outclass them with one another. No, I respect. I, I, and I think Derek Lewis versus Sergey all both ends in a knockout. Either way. No way. There's no way possible. The boys have to get a knockout. There's no other Someone's going down eventually. They should have put they should have flew one of them boys to London last week. Facts. But you heard it here first. I'm actually on my last sip of my chocolate stout, and I'm leaving UFC London in the past because we're looking forward to UFC 277. This has been Paul Pick and Win Concha, the Scouser. Scouser. And I've been joined with that boy, Kev Waterboy Savoy. And that happened to UFC 277. And in case you didn't know, now you know, motherfuckers. Yeah. Got a problem with being problematic. Get the light beam on me, ready for electrostatic. Don't you step into this box if you're not batting. Then my gang got tools. You can call them boy crap, man. This gang got rules, man. You better watch your passes. This ain't nothing. Knowing that I'm heaven sent Higher than I ever been I got a 